Hello, today I'm going to share with you the art of building a seven-figure business through networking. Yes, building a seven-figure business through networking. Now, for those of you who go to different networking groups and sometimes you get business, sometimes you don't, you might be thinking, how would that even happen? Well, I will share with you today how that happens. It's a process. It's a system. It's a long-term journey, but when done right, you can build a very successful business and having networking be when your main lead generation activities. When it comes to networking, it can be exhausting or energizing. It can be a major waste of time or incredibly lucrative. It can feel overwhelming or rewarding. Successful networking really comes down to three basic disciplines. Intention, how to serve your community. Your intention, why are you there? When you go to a networking event, do you already have an idea of who would be your ideal client or avatar, who you hope to meet there, or you just walk in hoping to meet people? My recommendation is when you first get there, even if you walk through the front door, look at the people in the room and think of who in this room would be the ideal person for me to talk to today. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that, but for starters, who is your ideal client, the person you want to serve? And when you do that, you, if you know who that is ahead of time, you know who to talk to. As an example, I would recommend talking maybe five, 10 minutes at most with any one person. And what you're doing is you're asking questions. You're getting to know the person. You're trying to figure out, is this someone that would be worth booking a coffee or a phone or a Zoom call with at a later date? Or is it just someone that I'm kind of glad I met today and it was fun talking to them, but you don't really see where we'd go past that conversation. Those who you identify with having a reason to talk to further, quickly exchange numbers or figure out a way to get back in contact with the person, book appointment to talk at another point, and then go on to talk to other people. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make in a networking event is they either talk to everybody and really don't build a relationship with anyone, or they talk to a few people and they miss out on opportunities that perhaps the ideal person that they should be talking to might be in the, the other side of the room because they're busy talking to someone over here for 20 minutes, they miss the opportunity. So again, five, 10 minutes most, talk to a handful of people, get to know who they are, and then book appointments to talk to them at a further date. Next, do you show up with the heart to serve? What I mean by that is yes, when you go to a networking meeting, First, you go in there with the hope to get business, find people that can utilize what your services are. But even more important than that, there's a lot of people in there that you may not right away be able to do business with as you being the provider, but they might have a solution or product that could solve a need of one of your clients, somebody in your community. So when you're talking to people, think about who in this room or who in this meeting has a solution that I could use or I could introduce to one of my clients or someone in my community to help solve their needs. Again, show up with the heart to serve. Your community. Do you, when you meet somebody in a networking meeting, do you get to know them and bring them into your community or your database? Do you get to know them beyond just what they do as a business, but also who they are as a person? Do you look at it as a long-term relationship versus a short-term find? And more importantly, are you building this community out with people that have, again have needs with other people that may have solutions? And are you the connector? Are you the person putting, 
pulling the switches to make sure that your community is continuing to grow and thrive. Years back, I had a limousine company and I had one of the nicest fleets in the city. I had some of the best chauffeurs around. I even own a chauffeur school so I could train the chauffeurs and get paid to um, train them. Kind of a cool concept there. Anyway, I wanted to find a way that I could stand out amongst all the other companies. Otherwise, I was just another commodity, right? So I started thinking, what is the one thing that I do different than all the other networking people that I network with and really all the limousines companies that are out there? And the one common denominator that I did different from them was I went to a lot of networking groups. I knew a lot of business people. Some were clients, some were people that I knew who had, again, solutions that would serve my clients. And I became the connector. I started going back to my clients and saying, hey, if you have any need, obviously transportation, I'm there for you. But if you need other needs, think of me, in fact, like a concierge in a high-end hotel. If you ever gone to a really nice hotel, you've noticed that the concierge, they're the go-to person. They might have tickets to a nice restaurant or maybe to a ball game or a show that you want to see. If there's something you want to know in the city, go to the concierge and you say, hey, this is what I want to do. What, how should I do this? And not only will they direct you in the right direction, they might even give you coupons or less, make it less expensive to attend. So the same thing for your clients, for your community. You want to be the concierge. So I would go back to my clients. I would say, hey, think of me as G's your concierge. If there's anything, again, that you need, let me know, and I will help facilitate the process. Be the connector in your community. By doing so, you will become a trusted advisor to your community. That's when you really create raving fans. If your clients really believe that you care about them, if you continue to serve them, they're going to become walking, talking billboards for you. One of the things I put into practice was what I referred to as referral triangle, where I was the hub between my clients and service providers I work with. As an example, I had a client, Mary. She bought a house and she had this really nice foyer and she needed a painter for it. So she asked me, hey, Mike, do you know a painter that might be able to help me with this solution or with this challenge? I said, of course. A friend of mine, John, he's a great painter. I will call him and ask him to give you a call. Would that be okay? So I got her permission to have John reach out to her. I then contacted John and explained the situation, asked him to call her, which he did. The two of them talked. He went by, he looked at the foyer, and he was able to get the job painting her foyer. I then asked John, can you do me a favor when you're done with Mary's house? Can you let me know? And kind of let me know how it was. And ideally, as soon as you're done as possible. And he said, of course. So as he finished up the job, put things away, got in his van and headed off to the next job, he gave me a call and let me know that he was done, which gave me the opportunity to thank him. So, you know, John, I really appreciate the way you took care of Mary. The fact that I can put your name, my name to you means a lot to me. The fact that you're a professional, knowing that I can refer you to my clients, I'm very thankful for that. So thank you again for being the ultimate professional. And as you know, I also work with a lot of people. So if you need anybody that would need the solutions of what I provide, I'm never too busy for you, John, either. The nice thing about that is, of course, my goal is to help John. But also, if he comes across people that need my services, by helping him, he's going to be more likely to want to precipitate by referring people back to me, too. I'm a firm believer if you give it out in slices, it comes back in loaves. The other scenario is... Mary, the client. So I called Mary up as John's finishing and said, hey, Mary, I just want to check and see how things are going. 
She was amazed. Number one, that I called so quickly after John left. And number two, that I even called that off. And she was so happy. She was like, thank you so much for calling me. I really, or for taking care of this solution ahead and for calling me and following me up. I really appreciate it. John did an awesome job. In fact, you need to come by when you can and check it out. A couple of weeks later, she had a housewarming party and some of her friends came by to see it and to see her. And they knew of her challenge with needing to paint the foyer. And they asked her, hey, Mary, how did you find the painter? He did an excellent job. And she told them the story. And four of them were amazed. They said, wow, do you think that Mike would do that for me? And she said, I don't see why not. So again, my goal was to help Mary solve a challenge that she had, help John with his business, right? Connect the solution to the need. But by doing so, I was able to pick up four corporate clients. Who is part of your community? And do you have a system on how you service the people in your community when people become part of the community. Starting out, the first scenario is someone you just met. So you meet somebody, say, at a networking event or out doing business. What do you do with that person? Do you just put them into your database, a Rolodex somewhere, or do you build them into a process that you have? Do you have a process, really, that allows you to continue to follow up and get to know them, build that relationship? The next scenario would be someone who would refer you if asked and shown how. A lot of times as professionals, we think if I do a really good job, well, uh, people would refer me. Not necessarily. They expect us to do a good job as a professional. We still have to ask them. We still have to remind them. You know, if you ever come across someone who needs or would appreciate what I do, I'm never too busy for you or for them. Um, in fact, this is really the kind of person that I'm looking to serve in case if you should need such a person. We need to let them know who that ideal person is, because if we make the referral easy for them, they'll do it. If they don't really know what we're looking for, how do they know who to refer people to us, right? So ask and show them how. The next, and really this is the golden goose in your business. People who have already sent one or multiple people to you. They're the referring type. These are the kind of person that if they go to a restaurant, they tell everybody about the restaurant if they enjoyed the food. Or they see a movie and they've been to all their friends, man, you gotta go see this movie, it's awesome. About 20% of your database, 20% of your community fall into this threshold. Probably another 50% or so, those are the people that will refer you if you continually to ask. So service those people, ask them, but really take care of that 20%, your golden goose, your true raving fans, because that's going to be the true growth of your business. The next, and even though it's last, it's certainly not least, and that is people to be removed from your community. Those are the people that when you leave the meeting or leave the job, they have you talking to the roof of your car. <laughs> I get the chills just thinking about it. Anyway, those people, you want to get out of your community and maybe refer them to another community, but this toxicity is going to suck the energy away from you and from your community. And why, if you don't have to work with them, why would you want to? Spend your time working with people that know and like you and that's fun to work with. Creating community loyalty. How do you do that? Do they like and do they trust you? When you are building out the relationship with people, it's very important that number one, they like you, but also they better trust you. 
goes back to this saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it doesn't just happen organically. You have to orchestrate. You have to develop that relationship over time. Demonstrating character. Again, can people trust you? Are you a person of high ethic, morale, morality? Are you a person of character? And if so, which I'm assuming all of you are, how do you demonstrate that? One way is by delivering personal value. It could be a recipe card as an example. February is fire safety month. So one of the things that I do is I go out to my clients, I give them nine volt batteries. I ask them, hey, are you aware that the smoke detectors in your house, they only have about a six month shelf life? Most people I find don't. I then follow up with, well, here's these nine volt batteries. If you would like, I could even help you change them, but please change them out because I would feel awful if something happened to you because of a, something as small as a nine volt battery. Or do you just pop by and check on them or pick up the phone and call them or shoot them an email and say, hey, I just wanna let you know I was thinking about you or send them a note. Do you deliver personal value on an ongoing basis? That does one of two things. Number one, it shows them that you care about them. And number two, it keeps you in the forefront of their mind. As an example, your reticular activator, that's a part of the brain that acts as a filter and it filters out all the distractions around you that, as an example, you're in a restaurant and you're having a conversation with someone and there's people walking by outside, there's people talking around you, but yet you're able to focus on the person you're talking to. The reason why is your reticular activators at work filtering out all the unnecessary noise. So you're able to focus on the things that's truly important to you. Another example, have you ever bought a car or bought a piece of clothing and noticed that as soon as you walk out of the store or drive off the lot, you start seeing the car or the clothing everywhere? Is because now it's in your reticular activator, you're paying attention to it. To be referred by people is the same scenario. People are busy. I wish they thought about us more, but quite honestly, they don't, unless they have a reason to. So if you only reach out to them once a year, like with a Christmas card, or once in a while you reach out to them, yeah, they'll think about you for a little while, but the chances are when that opportunity for referral comes in, you're not gonna be the for, on the forefront of their mind. If you are that concierge, if you are that trusted advisor, if you are reaching out to an ongoing basis, whenever an opportunity comes up to refer you, of course, right then and there, they're gonna think of you and it's gonna happen. The next question is competence. Do you demonstrate competence? You see, it goes back to, yes, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. However, once they know you care, they also better know you know something. Are you good at what you do? Are you continuing to improve your skill sets? Are you reading? Are you taking courses like this? Are you continuing to grow both as a professional as well as a person? So when you show up, you show up better and better every time. When people see that, they are drawn to you. They want to do business with you. You become a true advisor. Another way is newsletters as far as the professional realm. One of the downfalls that I see people make is they, like an insurance company, they might send out insurance-related newsletters on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis, or someone might send an industry-specific newsletter or item out to their clients, or they post up on social media that's industry-specific. Yes, it demonstrates that you know what you're doing, but it doesn't necessarily know or show you care about them, outside of obviously sending the information. So. How do you do that? There's a psychological formula. And this was a lesson that was taught to me many years ago. And that is 
one month send it out personal one month send it out professional personal professional personal professional and if it's done right your customers will always reach out to you and yes they'll know you care about them but they will also know you're the ultimate professional great example years back i worked with an organization and the ceo from this company flew into Seattle and the limousine company they used to pick him up at the um, airport failed to pick him up and he had to take a taxi back to the store. Needless to say, he was not happy. He's in the office, he's complaining to the executive assistant, who was my client, about how the limousine companies in Seattle suck. And he looks down, he sees this thing, this flyer on the, her desk, a newsletter, and he picks up and says, what is this? I think it was talking about finance or something like that. Anyway, he goes, what is this? And she explains that every month I send things like this out to her and the process. And he was, was, wow, do you think you could have him pick me up and take me back to the airport later? Of course I did. So um, anyway, we're on our way back to the airport and we're talking about the business and my referral system and the different components that go into it. And as he's getting out of the car and getting ready to get onto his jet, he says, question, Mike, do you take your transportation as serious as you do your marketing? And the guy laughed and said, of course. My, my marketing brings people in the door, but my customer service, my transportation is what brings, keeps them coming back. And he laughed and he goes, yeah, that's what I thought. He then gets on the jet, flies back to New York, sends out a memo saying, if anyone flies into Seattle and they don't use my company, they're fired. Pretty good endorsement, I would say. Also, I picked up a $50,000 a year contract. So again, it took two years to build that process, day, month in, month out, with him, obviously, with a lot of other people, it takes time to build a relationship, but it's very profitable over the long term if you put the time and consistently do it. Another scenario is a lot of people go into building a business or their profession. I'm going to show you a framework that we use in the financial business and we help people build a financial business. And professionals, small business owners, the same scenario. A lot of times they are a business of one. They have something they love doing. So they go into business doing it. And even though they're in business, they really have a job because they are the entity, they are the product. If for some reason they couldn't show up, business won't happen. So yes, they work for themselves, but it's really a job. They might make a lot of money, they could even make seven figures, but their business isn't worth seven figures necessarily because it relies on them. The next scenario is, are they building a practice? Do they have a couple of people on their team do they have a system in place so that if they were not able to make it or they didn't want to, they want to take a trip, the business can continue to run without them there? Well, one of my mentors, Dean Fliss, he often says, the value of a business is what it will produce without you in it. So as you're building your business, do you have a team? Do you have employees or contractors? Is your business systemized? And designed in a way that if you wanted to step away from the business, it would continue to run just fine without you there. If you do, you're gonna have four times or more the valuation in your business, enterprise value. And that's really where you get to the seven figure mark. Again, yes, you can earn seven figures a year. However, unless you have a business that you could pick up and move, or not really pick up a move, but you could sell to someone, if you wanna sell, it doesn't mean you have to, but if you want to sell it, could you sell it to somebody and it could continue to earn the revenue it's earning year in, year out without you being part of it? If you do, 
that's where you get that seven figure plus business, right? So great example of that was years back, 2007, one of my friends ran a mortgage company. Now remember 2007 wasn't a very good year for mortgage companies, real estate in general. And at the same time, he had a motorcycle accident, flat on his back in the hospital for seven months. He, all he could do was pick up the phone, yet he had the system in place. He had a community. He built a strong community around his mortgage practice. So what he would do is every day he would call his clients. He would check in with his mortgage reps. He would continue to reach out to his community and his community ramped up and they referred people in. They really kept his business running because they knew that they needed, they, well, they didn't know they need him. They knew they wanted him to be around because he was a good guy and they valued him as part of their team, right? So seven months later, he heals, he leaves the hospital. Again, 2007, doors were shutting, lights were being turned off. Business, as a lot of people knew, was no longer what it was. His business doubled because he had a systematized process and how he had lead generation, how he serviced his clients. And because of that, his business grew. Grow. So what I'm going to leave you with as I wrap up is make sure, number one, if you are networking, do it intentionally. Bring value, build the community from networking. Number two, make sure that your financial, your foundational component of your business is rock solid. So that if something should happen to you where you're not there, or you decide you wanna take a trip, the business will be able to operate without you there. Number three, make sure you're continuing to add value to the business, bring value back to your community. And if you do, I promise you, your business will become seven figure business. Again, if you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. Otherwise, I look forward to the next time we talk. Goodbye for now.